You're listening, you're listening to, to Not Your Average Culture, a podcast geared towards promoting less consuming and more doing, where I discuss topics related to dating, lifestyle, creatives, and entrepreneurship. This podcast will challenge you to open up your mind, think about things differently, and ask yourself, am I doing it for the culture or doing it for myself? I'm your host, Chardonnay. Let's get to it. Set your mind on a definite goal and watch how quickly the world stands aside to watch you pass. And I think that in this time, you know, especially in light of COVID-19, especially being at the age that we are being millennials, we have the opportunity to use our biggest asset, which is time to design the life that we want to live, right? So I think that it's important for us to set definite goals. And everybody that I've watched be successful has had this idea in their mind from the jump and saying, hey, this is what I'm, se- I'm setting out to do. Right. And when they do that, it almost is like the universe opens up to let them achieve their goal. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Not Your Average Culture podcast. Before I dive into this week's episode, I just want to share with you all a very quick backstory. So at the beginning of this year, I made a personal goal for myself, which was to stack some money, get serious about saving and essentially make an emergency fund for myself because you just never know when life will slap you in the face, right? Like you just never know when things will happen. And so here we are 2020 and life has surprised us all. So I figured that this is more than a timely episode because I got a chance to sit down with a financial advisor, ask him some general tips and advice on, you know, how to get my money to make more money for me. things that I can do for my personal savings goal and just other questions and information. And it was super helpful for me. So I hope that this episode is helpful for anyone else who is serious about their financial goals and just learning about things that you can do with a financial advisor. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Trying to start my morning. Where are you located? Because I know you're in. I'm really based in San Francisco. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, that's where you are, right? Well, I'm in Oakland, and I work in San. Hey, you in Oakland? You in the town? Where are you from? I'm from Chicago originally. Whereabouts? I'm very familiar with Chicago. Um, so like the South Side. Like if you're from Chicago, you call it East Side, but it's the South Side. I stay right off. Of- Okay. Um, I got a lot of friends in D.C. when I was working at this firm. They're all from the Cabrini area. Okay. You know where that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're from over there. They really showed me love when I was there, too. So I got love for y'all. That's what's up. I feel like Oakland kind of has that kind of same Chicago vibe. Like, a lot of people are, like, just very real and down to earth. So. Yeah, yeah. For sure, definitely. I, I spend more time in Oakland than I do anywhere else. I'm usually, I mean, my office was in San Francisco, Fisherman's mm-hmm. Wharf area, but I went to UC Berkeley. I played football there, right? So I feel like I kind of grew up or became a man in Oakland, whereas I spent my childhood in high school in San Francisco. But um, this is your show, so I'm not going to ask you any more questions. <laughs> okay. You know? So, um it's good to like have a post check with people though because i know i've been getting on these zoom calls and like people are probably just like in disarray but 
it's good to know that you're doing good and are doing well. So before mm-hmm. we jump into the interview, I want to give you like a little bit of background about how I first came across, like who you were and your book and everything. So um, I first found out about you when I attended uh, Creator Week, which was in SL and it was hosted by Robin Johnson. And so one of my goals at the beginning of this year was to um, stack 5K. Like I started like a challenge with some of my friends and like created like a little accountability group. And then as I like created that, um, like this challenge for myself, I was thinking like, okay, well, once I put this money aside, like what, what do I need to do with it? Like there has to be some type of goal at the end of it. And so um, I remember back to your presentation that you gave at Creator Week and how you recommended your book. So I dove into your book. It was Young Money. Young Money, okay. Mm -hmm. So I dove into your book and um, decided to reach out, especially with what's going on. A lot of people may have a lot of concerns about like what they should be doing with their finances and other young professionals like myself, they they just want to have some answers and things of that nature. So for someone who may not be familiar with who you are and what it is that you do, can you briefly tell people who you are and a little bit about what you do? Um, yeah, so again, my name is Desarte Yarnway. I'm the founder and financial advisor, head of financial advisor for Burknell Financial Group. Burknell Financial Group is a full service uh, investment management firm based out of San Francisco, California. And as I mentioned to you in the pre-notes, we are trying to open an office here in the East Coast. So I'm currently in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, all that is jargon to say that we help people design financial plans to help them meet their goals. That's exactly what we do. And when I say a full service financial services firm, uh, typically when people work with financial advisors, they're expecting to get some type of uh, cutting edge advice on the next up and coming company that they can invest in. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we say full service, what we're doing is taking everybody uh, through a process that allows them to outline their goals, invest their money, right? Save money on taxes and protect their goals through estate planning. So we offer financial planning, which means that every client that comes through our doors gets a financial plan. Essentially, this is a roadmap to say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do and this is the way that I'm gonna get there. So you know exactly what you have to do. Number two is investment management. So instead of you having to go through the trouble of picking a specific stock or figuring out where to put your money after you saved, right? We do that for you. So we're in the driver's seat and we'll pretty much liken it to like an Uber, right? To say, hey, this is where I'm trying to go. I know that I have to invest to get there. Instead of you driving, we'll drive and give you uh, check-ins on the way to your destination. So that's investment management. Number two, three, what we just added is tax planning, right? And there's a difference between tax planning and tax preparation. So tax planning for somebody who is a young professional making pretty good money, right? May have a tax liability at the end of the year. That's saying, hey, what can we do to make sure that you're not paying... (laughs) any taxes, right, once you file. So we do that full year tax planning. And then we do tax preparation. I'll have a CPA on staff, right? When it's time to file, we look at what you've been doing, what you've made over the course of the year and figuring out how we can file your taxes in the most efficient way. And lastly, is estate planning for our older clients or our clients that are either getting married, have a house or have a child, right? We wanna make sure that we're writing wills, creating trust, right? Which is a huge thing for, for building and gifting multi-generational assets and we're putting this estate plan together to make sure that your uh your assets are protected so that's what we do here at Burknell. um that's what's up i, I want to come back to um like 
the trust and the real estate planning and that, because that was something that stood out to me as well that you touched on um, mm-hmm. during creator week. But something else I kind of want to go into first is for someone who may not be like familiar, familiar with like a financial advisor or feel like they may need like a six figure income. Can you speak to that audience and kind of um, walk through like the type of people that should pursue like financial advice? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that everybody needs an advisor. Now, I don't think that it's your fault for believing that you have to be some sort of middle class, affluent, or, you know, rich or wealthy to deserve one. I think that the financial services industry has done a bad job at marketing what it means, right, to need a financial advisor. So if you have money, if you have income, if you want to improve your circumstance, you need an advisor. Now, what type of advisor you get is where I think we have the complications here, right? So if you're on a place where you have no discretionary income, you're trying to improve your credit, you might want to go the direction of a financial coach, somebody whose main job isn't to necessarily invest assets for you, but is to keep you accountable on some things that will change, right? The fundamentals of your financial circumstance. Now, if you are looking to do some longer term goals and planning, right? And want to put all these moving pieces together, you need somebody like, Birkinell Financial Group, like my firm, right, that can create the plan and tie all of these different financial components together to help you get to your goal. Now, before I started Birkinell Financial Group, I was a wealth manager. This is for the super high affluent group, right, to say like, hey, I got X amount of million dollars. I don't really need, you know, too much relationship type of thing. Just invest my money and make it make more money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's like the next group up. So I think that depending on where you see yourself, and I feel like a lot of millennials, right, in this time, really need the basic stuff, right? They need a financial coach to be like, hey, keep me accountable because I know if I get this check, there's already things in my mind, we call this mental accounting, um, that I've already spent the money on. Right. You get what I'm saying? So they need somebody to keep them accountable. So I think most people need to start there, have a combination between a planner and a coach that can help them realize their goals. Now let's talk about, let's really get into like the basics because you have some people that are freelancers. You have some people that are hairstylists, these small business owners, um, small like entrepreneurs, and something as simple as like filling out those tax forms, those, those um, important documents that you have to fill out when you are working for yourself. Um, is that something that, you know, like your company would assist people with? Yeah, um, we do those things. And I've been blessed to have a great team around me, right, that I've really built over the last couple of years to help me with those type of things. So in terms of tax planning and just that coaching, right, in a sense, like, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which is most of us, right? What's the, a common um, like thing people will come and say, like the most basic thing that you being in this industry, you would naturally know, but the most basic thing that a lot of people may um look over or make a mistake with make a mistake with um most people would be like hey desarte i have saved some money and i'm trying to figure out what to do next that's like the big umbrella question right Mm -hmm. um i've saved some money so like you just talked about trying to save a certain dollar amount they've Mm -hmm. gotten themselves to this goal but now it's like what do i do next because to be honest with you bank saving accounts don't yield that much interest so that same $10,000 that you have today, next year will probably be like 10.02 if you just love it there, right? 
um, $10,002. It's just the name of the game and where we are. So most people will be like, what do I do next? And then that's when we kind of peel back this onion and say, hey, well, based on your spending habits, based on this, like you can do even more, right? You can accelerate your savings. You can do a lot to get to where you want to go. And I think that it's not a question of what's the most basic thing. It's like, how can we change your thinking? Mm to help you realize your goals. So I won't say the questions are basic or I see a specific question. I just see a, a frame of mind that doesn't allow people to maximize um, their financial situation. That's true because even when like reading your book, um, I was thinking like, okay, like I have to have like these thousands of dollars to start investing or to start doing something with my money. And it was kind of eye opening. Like, I think you mentioned what's the lowest amount that you could start with? Like if you're thinking about investing or like building on to your, your finances. Yeah. I mean, at this point with just the, with just the applications and the access that we have via technology, you mm-hmm. can start with as little as $10 a month on certain platforms like stash and you know all these little platforms now for us we don't have a minimum because we understand just and we can talk about this later but just like the financial dynamic with millennials if you are saving and if you are investing a lot of people are already doing that through their company's 401ks right and don't even know right so it's like how can we advise you with the things that are automated right so we can maximize that first so you don't necessarily have to give birth no money but we're, you already have money that you're putting aside So we'll help you with that. Right. So I think that um, people have to think bigger and like reframe their way of thinking so we can maximize what they're already doing. So that leads me to my next question is um, what are some common myths or assumptions other than like you have to have a certain amount to get started that um, people have about this industry? Uh, That financial advisors are. Uh, sleazy car salespeople, right? Like they're just trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, a huge, a huge misconception about the industry. Um, you know, when you go to a car dealership, you're just trying to look around and somebody's on top of you like, oh, how can I help you, sir? What do you need, right? Um, I think that's that's a big one. I, at my firm, we've organized it to be fiduciaries, which means that we have to put our clients' best interests first, right? And I think that when you find the right type of coach or advisor, that is the type of experience that you're going to get. There's no commissions. There's none of that. There's just probably a flat fee and a deep relationship that you can build with somebody to help you, you know, succeed over the long term. So I think that's a misconception of an advisor in our industry. I think number two would be probably that an advisor is only trying to sell you a stock or something, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like the best advisors are sound listeners and great planners. So before you even talk about money, you're going to be talking about what your goals are, right? What your fears are, what you want to see happen with your money. Right. And they're going to frame it that way. Like, this is all yours. I'm just trying to help you maximize and optimize what you're trying to do. So I think that those two things, I mean, pretty much one thing is like the biggest misconception about the industry. So personally, what kind of things are you doing to help kind of debunk that myth and eliminate that from people that have this mindset? Well, as I told you before, or as you probably already experienced, free or somewhat free content, right? So I want to make sure that I'm putting out all this content into the universe, into the atmosphere. So um, the Young Money podcast is out there. It comes out every week when I'm having people come speak about financial literacy, speak about 
um, the current state of the world and affairs. We're in COVID-19 right now, right? And that's affected everybody's pockets, right? I have clients that have built real estate empires off of Airbnb and have no rentals and they got to still pay the mortgage, right? So it's like <laughs> these different things are happening and I want to put this free content out so you can educate yourself, right? Books like Young Money, Pay Me in Equity, Dating Benji, the three books that I wrote, um, the con- like all of these things are my weekly blog. I want to put this out so you can say, hey, this guy is giving me this for free 99, right? Therefore, it shouldn't be about a sleazy salesman financial advisor. Honestly and truly, it's about helping you, um, what we call design the best life that you can. And that's the subtitle of the book, Four Actions to Design Your Life While You Still Can. And that's your most recent book? That's Young Money, yeah. Nice, nice. So um, one, one thing I want to do, if you don't mind, can I share a quote that I liked in the Young Money book with people. Please. So you mentioned, um, if you can sit through the rough times and be disciplined through the good times, you will increase your likelihood of building the wealth you desire early on. Do you want to speak more to that specific phrase? Because I feel like when I read that, I was like, (laughs) if you can sit through the rough times and be disciplined through the good times, you will increase your likelihood of building the wealth you desire early on. Yeah. Um, it's a marathon, right? Um, I'm a huge hip hop fan and Nipsey Hussle kind of reiterates that in his music, right? It's a marathon. It's a marathon. And when you think about anything worth having, you have to understand that it's a cycle. Life has seasons and that's noticeable in our, in our, our nature, right? So you have spring, you have summer, you have fall, you have winter. And in these seasons, it brings us different, characteristics of the atmosphere right i think that's that's the same with your dollars right so there are going to be good times in which you have to be disciplined not be you know overzealous or spend too much right just because things are good and there are going to be bad times that require you to sit and be patient right to see that season pass so i think that many times we try to overcomplicate the situation we stress out we um we complain right and the game of money, the marathon of money is fundamental and it aligns with just the natural cycle of things. So discipline, being patient, right? Um, and if you do those two things, you'll see the fruits of your labor mature into their proper figures. So I think that's what that quote really is trying to highlight and saying, hey, um, don't overcomplicate it. Right. Don't overcomplicate it. If you can do these two things, you can stay disciplined um, and you can be patient. Um, the world is essentially yours. That's true. That's so real. Um, so one of the last questions I'll get to is what keeps you inspired? What keeps you motivated to um, to stay within like this industry, to put out this free content? Like what keeps you going? Um, great question. I feel like so my history, man, my mom was born on a rubber plantation in Liberia. My dad passed when I was young. Um, I grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood, right? So for me, I'm looking at all these things like, man, how can I help this situation? How can I help the next Desarte that comes out of the same neighborhood have the tools to be successful and to realize everything that he wants to realize? Unfortunately, a lot of these things I have to figure out and find on my own, right? Um, But it shouldn't be that way. Right. I think that we should be passing down this information to each other because other communities are doing that. And that leads to a higher likelihood of living a fruitful life. So when I got to the first firm that I worked at, 
I'm working on million dollar accounts and I can see this demographic of people. They just had the memo, like they just knew, like this is what we do. We make money, we save money, we invest money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the first time I'm ever hearing about this. So I guess what keeps me motivated is making sure that my future family and son and daughters, right, are equipped with the knowledge um, to take everything that I've created to the next level. That's number one. And two, for all those who are coming behind me, right, to have a forged path to success. Like, look, if I just listen to this information, if I read these books, if I follow this guidance, I can do whatever I put my mind to. So those are two things currently that keep me motivated. Nice. So I am going to conclude this podcast on a light note. I usually like to do um, like a culture challenge and it's three questions geared towards like a fun call to action or takeaway for listeners. So are you ready to get into these next set of questions? Let's do it. (laughs) So what is one thing that you have observed that has become a common trend amongst people that you would like to challenge people to do or think about differently for one week? That could be like texting while driving or just something that you've noticed is a thing and you like to encourage people to kind of switch it up a bit. Mm, that's that's a great question. I mean, since this podcast is about money, um, I think like the urgency to spend on or after payday mm. is like something that I see often. So what I would encourage people to do is have a week of like not spending on non-essentials. Right. So if you can say, hey, if your rent is doing the first, pay your rent. I'm not saying don't pay your rent, right? (laughs) But if it is a decision like go out and buy drinks inside or or outside, right? Don't do those things. Mm -hmm. So if we can like not spend for a week on non-essentials, see how much money you'll have at the end of the week and and try to replicate that that behavior. Yeah, that's what's up because I've heard a few people having like a stimulus check party and I was like, is that (laughs) Is that what we're doing now? Mm-hmm. But I think that's a, that's a great takeaway. So my next question is, what general advice or resources can you share with us that can be useful for someone interested in becoming a financial advisor or just looking for more tips on how to save, invest, double their money? Um, I know you mentioned your podcast, your books, but what are some things out, some other things that are out there that people can um, look into? Um, for anybody interested in becoming a financial advisor, I'd recommend that they. And do you need a degree to become a financial advisor? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, for anybody that wants to become a financial advisor, I'd recommend that they read and watch a lot of financial news because here you can just really get a high level overview of how economics work. I wasn't, a financial advisor. I wasn't planning to be a financial advisor. I wasn't an economics major, right? But once I started to see that the things that were happening in the market were the same things that were happening in my neighborhood, just professionally, right? I started to see like, yo, this is something that anybody can get a hold of. Anybody can learn, right? And by that, I mean supply and demand, right? You know what I mean? People were at our neighborhood that wanted certain things that would only come out, say Jordans or something, in mm-hmm. a limited quality. So the supply was limited and demand was high. And I'm like, I'm watching the news and they're talking about things that I can correlate or align, right? Based mm-hmm. on my experience. So I think that watching a lot of news really helped me. And then going back to reading a lot of books helped me as well. So I would say that to your second point, you know, you don't need a degree, but I do think that credentials, licenses, right? These things make you more credible 
credible in the eyes of your future clients. Um, in terms of budgeting, I think that everybody listening to this podcast, we are in unprecedented times. We haven't seen a time like this since 1929 in the Great Depression, right? So those people walked out of the Great Depression taking away a few lessons. They had stock pantries. They had emergency funds. Some of these people had physical bricks of gold because they didn't know if the paper money was going to be enough, you know, or was even going to hold any value. So because we're at this time, we're millennials and we've never faced anything like this since graduating high school. Right. Um, especially when our own dollars was at risk. I think that everybody can, one, establish an emergency fund. Right. Yes. Establish that emergency fund. If you don't have three to six months of your current expenses in some sort of savings vehicle, you are doing yourself a disservice and you're making it hard to ever get ahead of the curve. So, number one, establish that emergency fund. Number two, I think that you should um, educate yourself, as we mentioned before, like not only for financial advisors, but there's uh, so many resources out there to just educate yourself. You should not be trying to figure out what to do in the course of a pandemic or in the course of a bear market, right? You should already be kind of equipping yourself with this fundamental information so you can make those moves when the window of opportunity presents itself, right? So when real estate gets cheaper, when stocks are cheaper, right? When all these things happen, you should be like, oh, I read about this. Maybe I should seek out an advisor to figure out if this makes sense, right? So really educate yourself. And then number three, we're, we're millennials, we're getting older, having conversations, if possible, with, the, with our loved ones, right, about money. Because to be quite honest, there's a black tax on millennials that are, you know, moving along in their financial careers, right? So a lot of our families might depend on us for certain things, right? Or, or we're the, our, our mother's retirement plans. That's what I joke around my mom and I say, right? So just having some conversations with your family in terms of money um, are all good places to start. And that's what you were talking about earlier about like estate planning and things of that nature. So what is estate planning? Because I wasn't introduced to that term until hearing you, you know, speak more about that. So can you break that down for us? Like what exactly that is? Yeah. So in short, an estate is pretty much all of a person's assets, everything that they own. Right. So when we have this conversation about multi-generational wealth, it's about passing down these assets to loved ones whom they call beneficiaries so that wealth can continue to accumulate. Now, if you don't have an estate plan, sometimes these assets can get lost in the transition. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so if you're losing assets in the transition, you'll never be able to compound their worth. Therefore, your beneficiaries are almost having to start over, right? So it's like passing a baton. You want to make sure that it gets there. It gets there. It gets there to the next generation. So that's why you should have a estate plan. Now, the people that I work with, we want to make sure that all of this is written up, right? So before a person, God forbid, passes away, they can say, well, I want this house to go to my daughter. I want this investment account to be split amongst the three of my children. I want, you know, mm -hmm. this bookshelf that has fundamental sentimental value to go to my son because he'll read the books. Like all of these are a part of a person's estate plan. Now some famous estate issues that have happened in the recent past, Michael Jackson died over 10 years ago. That's an estate over billions, like millions of dollars, right? Never, never land. And because he didn't have an estate plan, his family has still yet to receive those assets. Right. Wow. So things like that matter. You got, a. Uh, I don't want to say a prince, same thing, right? That passed away. So you got a lot of these stars that weren't even thinking about this stuff. And that puts a halt into 
multi-generational wealth or their assets begin to be auctioned off to strangers. And we don't want that to happen as a, as a community of people, black people, right? We wanna make sure that we retain as much of our wealth that we've accumulated throughout the course of our lives. So I think that estate plan is, is extremely important. And I'm kind of tossing this in there too. So a trust, is mm -hmm. that essentially like, oh, I trust you with making sure that you're gonna make sure all my stuff is distributed to the right people once I am no longer here. Is that essentially what a trust is or correct me if I'm wrong? The name trust isn't exactly as literal as it seems. So what a trust is, it's a an account, right? That is structured to protect whatever asset you put in there against any creditors or any person that tries to claim that asset. So I'll give you an example. If somebody dies, right, and they have a, a millionaire, a million dollar mansion in the Oakland Hills, right, and they don't have a trust that they could have put their house into, anybody can go to the courts, the Oakland, city of Oakland, and say, hey, well, he said he was going to gift that house to me. Now it's a legal battle over, you know, mm -hmm. that house. Or if this person has extra super ridiculous debt, <laughs> right? Creditors can say, well, he still owes us and we're going to take the house to pay off our, our debt, right? So what a trust does is it can protect that asset against creditors and it can also be designated to go to the beneficiaries that it's supposed to go to. So when it's in there, you write up, say, hey, this house is going to go to this person, right? It's protected against creditors, et cetera, et cetera. So it just goes back to the idea of saying, hey, I don't want anything lost in transition in the event of my untimely passing. Does that make sense? Yes, that's what's up. And it's important for us to know it's, it's a taboo topic. And of course, nobody ever wants to talk about these things, but it's necessary that we all know this information. Mm -hmm. So um, the last one um, is a time question. You have five seconds to answer this question. Oh, wow. Hold on. Let me take a sip yeah. of this tea. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll let you take a sip first. All right. All right. So there's a new update on phones and you can only have three apps on your phone. What three apps do you have on your phone? And go. Email, text. That's an app, right? Mm, that's kind of a normal function that come on the phone, but that's okay, okay, okay. So apps. I want the Yahoo Finance app. I want the World News app, and I want my bank account app. All right, that's what's up. That's very fitting. That's very fitting. Yeah. So, any, um, how can people contact you? And are there any last things that you want to share with everybody? Um, yeah. So, in terms of contact. You can reach me. You can go to www.berknell.com. That's B-E-R-K-N-E-L-L.com. That's uh, the name of my firm, Berknell Financial Group. You can get our blog on there. Um, you can get links to everything else on there. We do podcasts weekly that are sometimes on video on YouTube as well. Um, and we have a newsletter. In case you want to sign up, you can get all of that weekly information and those financial gems to your inbox. Um, in terms of last thoughts, one of the quotes that is in young money is set your mind on a definite goal and watch how quickly the world stands aside to watch you past. And I think that in this time, you know, especially in light of COVID-19, especially being at the age that we are being millennials, we have the opportunity to use our biggest asset, which is time to design the life that we want to live. Right. So I think that it's important for us to set definite goals and everybody that I've watched be successful has had this idea in their mind from the jump and saying, hey, this is what I'm, I'm setting out to do, right? 
And when they do that, it almost is like the universe opens up to let them achieve their goal. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's like they're so intentional, right? Right, manifesting. Manifest exactly. Things begin to manifest for them. So my advice is to set your mind on a definite goal. Watch how quickly the universe uh, stands outside to let you pass, and I look forward to you know watching you do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on this zoom call like i really appreciate it um continue to do what you're doing like i said it's a great service to people to our community and yeah i really appreciate it no worries thank you this concludes this week's episode one of the major takeaways for me was you don't have to be a millionaire or a billionaire or someone with an exponential amount of money in order to seek out advice from a financial advisor between his book and some of the things that he mentioned within this episode, he basically breaks it down for anyone and shares the benefits of speaking with a financial advisor. And on that note, I just want to leave you all with, if there's anything that you're curious about, you're interested in gaining more knowledge on, or just anything that will help you reach your personal goals, don't hesitate to reach out to people or seek out resources that will get you started in the right direction towards working on and meeting your goals so that's all i have for today if you're if you're interested in having me invite other people onto the podcast or you want to share your feedback on this episode or other episodes feel free to leave me a voice message i provided a link to that in the show notes along with contact information for desarte and all the other things that was mentioned in this episode so that's all i have for today Till next time, peace, love, and everything in between. I'm out. Mwah.